0: Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown.
1: Welcome. Welcome back. And thank you for joining me. Man, it is that time of the year. It is. Whew. It's, it's a rough time for a lot of people. Um, we've actually gone through it. And those of you who follow football, college football, the NFL, you know that this time of the year is what we call cutting heads time. This time of the year, man, and it is tough. You know, my, my counterparts would call it killing time. But nonetheless, family, this is a time where Oh, man, if you haven't had the success that your program expects you to have, it's a tough time. And, you know, I don't wish this on anybody. Those of us who are in this profession, we know and understand it comes with the territory. But nonetheless, this is still a rough time. And it, you know, I really don't know how football or how any sport actually came to this. They're no longer those head coaches or coaching staff like the Joe Paternos that you know coach forever you know the the you know, the long t- tenured coaches the, these coach that doesn't exist anymore and it, it's unfortunate the one thing that Al golden told me when at the University of Miami you know what it takes to win for a program to win extreme consistency extreme consistency and that's that means a program that recruits and it works their kids. It teaches their kids. And again, it it has to be consistent. And don't get me wrong. There are some programs, you know, University of Central Florida, uh, Florida Atlantic, FIU, some of these programs, especially here in the state of Florida, that the coaches will come in and have an immediate impact. But, Let's, we, we can talk about the University of Miami and increasing their wins immediately. But the reality of it is, who's to say that those other coaches couldn't have done the same thing had they been given an opportunity to see the program through? So, family, again, this is a tough time. We're going to talk about that. We're going to bring some of the you know, <laughs> some of the the negative things that happens when coaches are fired or when coaches are relieved of their duties. And it's, an, it's a very unfortunate situation. You're talking about changing families' lives. You're talking about change taking, snatching kids out of their schools. You're talking about wives having to transfer jobs or having to leave their job because their husband is no longer employed in, in the area that they live in. So the wives have to ultimately go to their job and say, hey, look, I can't work anymore. Is there a way that you can transfer me or give you my 30-day notice? You know, kids, the kids are involved. I remember back at the University of Miami and my kids are older, so it's a little bit different, but our coaches had young kids that were in elementary school. These kids would go to school and other kids are listening to their parents who have their know they, they throw their two cents in it and these little kids actually come to school and they talk about these other kids. Oh, your daddy's going to get fired. Your daddy's going to get fired. Oh, your daddy shouldn't even be coaching at the University of Miami. You know, your dad, and th- it has a major impact on everybody. And so when you're talking about a staff of nine assistant coaches, a head coach, four or five operations guys, Man, you, you can very easily get up to 19 families that, that are affected directly through this change. So my question is this, how do we come to that? How has football or how has sports here in America come to, it's all about what you've done for me lately? So, if you are out there, and if you have an opinion on this on on, on this matter, please give us a call, 888-346-9144. Because again, I've been in that situation, been in that situation a couple of times, and it's not a good situation. It's not a good situation. And again, yes, we all get it. Hey, it comes with the territory. I, I get that, but everybody can't win everybody's not going to win. So, Kelvin, and again, welcome, welcome back, Kelvin. You know, and I'm going on a rampage right here, Kelvin. But again, this is, you know, you and I talked about it. It's killing time. And, Kelvin, it just, it, it, it has an effect on me because I know what these families are going through. I know how many people are impacted by these decisions. And a lot of these decisions are made. And then when they're made, who do you go out there and get, Kelvin?
2: No. Well, I think, that's who, who the biggest problem. I think that's the biggest problem now. I just, you know, you, you just, you know, were involved with, the, you know, a turnover situation a couple of years ago. But in a lot of these programs, there's not a qualified replacement for some of the guys now. I think one of the things that, you know, you touched on was all the families. But most people just look at the head coach. Because, like, uh, Jim Marr just got fired Sunday. He has a $12 million buyout. So he just walked off with $12 million, you know, in his bank account. But uh, the assistants, I don't know how that works. I mean, most of y'all don't have uh, multi-year contracts. So, you know, the head coach is taken care of, and, you know, he might have some discomfort with his family. But like you said, the, the other coaches that, you know, those are the ones who really have, uh, who bear the brunt uh, when these decisions are made. I mean... A guy that you, you know, you had on your staff, Kevin Beard, he's just—he's looking to be in his third or fourth place in four years. Because, I mean, he was, what, Miami, then Georgia. Now he was—he went to Tennessee this year, but they're firing that staff. So what are the odds that he stays um, at Tennessee? So his family's lived in, will have lived in their fourth place in four years starting next season. So I, I know exactly. it's got to be tough on the kids. Yeah,
1: and you're talking Kel- Kel- Kevin Beard has – young kids you know it's not like he's not in my situation my kids are grown you know i call my kids and say hey look daddy just got fired oh okay daddy well, you you come stay with us you know <laughs> it's different you know I, I wouldn't do that but you know but again when when you have young kids when you've got young kids involved and they, and again when you're talking about the compensation kevin man okay yeah jim moore got a 12 million dollar buyout but those assistants Yeah, he ain't sharing none of that 12 million with you. Oh, Oh, of course not. Of course not. You know, and again, man, it's just it's so unfortunate. And then, Kelvin, and and we're going to get on we're going to get into some more of this stuff, but I'm sitting here looking at these HBCUs. Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Okay, a friend of mine, Brian Jenkins, who was the head coach at Alabama State, got fired almost three weeks ago. And since then, and I'm talking this past weekend, Kelvin. Alex Wood, head coach at Florida, and them got fired. Alabama a coach Spady, he got fired. Um, Monty Coleman, who's at Arkansas Pine Bluff, who's been there forever, he's he just got 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 let go. Then you have Jackson State University is coming open. And I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this. I'm like, wait a minute, hold
2: on. Who's going to replace these guys? Who are you yeah, going to go get? Now, now it's a little bit that that, that that's the thing with the, the the HBCUs and schools at the lower tier um, uh, divisions. Like, you know, me me, you were talking about Tennessee earlier uh, off off the air about you know they may have some difficulty with their job, but let's be honest, whoever takes that job is going to be making $4 million a year and whatever criticism they take, you know, they'll be able to take it because they got $4 million in their bank account and they got a bunch of resources. Whoever replaces Alex Wood at FAMU is walking into a bad trap because, and I know this from talking, you know, we know Coach Wood, and I know from having a couple of kids from my high school being recruited there, that when he went there, they didn't tell him about Oh, we ain't gonna be able to practice this spring because we had some problems. Uh oh, we ain't got no money to uh properly pay your assistance. Uh as a matter of fact I had a friend of mine who's who was trying to take the basketball job there and they gave him the number for his salary and he thought that was just his salary and they were like, No, that's your whole budget And he's like, mm-hmm. I can't do nothing with this. I can't I can't hire no assistance. So, you know, you talk about those programs Um, Alabama State, Uh, that's another bad trap because the the person that was the president of the school last year cut a deal with Steve Harvey to to do their their classic, and they gave Steve Harvey all the profits. When the school found out, they fired a president. Now they still got to pay Steve Harvey, and they got to pay the president. So they don't have any money to give into the football program, but they want you to go out and recruit. I mean... Some of these programs, it's, it doesn't make any sense. They got to, you know. I understand they want wins, but you got to get a guy some support, some help. And you know, Tennessee, I think is a little different. A place like Tennessee is tough, but you at least have some resources. You know, what I'm saying you at one of these HBCUs, you you ain't got no resources. You can't hire no proper assistants. Um, you barely you barely make it more than some uh, position coaches that. Uh, power five schools. I bet most of the um, assistants at Alabama are making more than all of the head coaches at these HBCUs. I mean...
1: Family, we're going to take a break right now and do some, some feedback, so please bear with us. We'll take a break and we'll come back with you in just a minute.
3: We're talking Western Ambush this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Taking a closer look at all the amazing big game hunting opportunities found in the Western States. Joining us is Jason Matzinger, host of Into High Country, Jill Gechter from Since Jeans, Dean Capuano of Sawarski Optic Quest, and Freddie Hartice of Hollywood Hunter. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for real. Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Okay, family,
1: we're back. Sorry about that. We had just a little, a little, a little mis- misconstruity going on. But anyway, hey, we were talking about killing time. This time of the season where college coaches are forced to pack up their homes for sale signs are going up. Kids are being snatched out of schools. Wives are asking for transfers or giving 30-day notices off of their jobs. And the moving truck is warming the engines up. And one of the first to get let go this year was Coach butch jones over at the university of tennessee then they came Ooh. back with Coach jim mckelwein then jim moore just got let go now there's rumors as rumblings of kevin sumlin you know um gus malzahn at all Biel- yep brett B- Balima at arkansas <laughs> gus malzahn at auburn he's in i guess he's going through his contract negotiations and he's not so sure if he's going to go back to Auburn or sign a new contract
2: with that's Auburn. That's the one that doesn't make sense to me. Um, first of all, they get rid of Jay Jacobs, the athletic director. They forced him out because there's, you know, the boosters are talking about if they want to get rid of uh, Gus Miles on, they don't want Jay Jacobs standing in the way. But my question is, who are you
1: going to get to replace this dude? Right. That, that's the question. That, that's that's my million dollar question. Alright, so the hottest coaches on the, on the on the market right now, Chip Kelly, who's been out of football for a couple of years. Scott Frost. Yeah. Sally Strong.
2: Mike Norville.
1: Mike Norville. And I'm going to throw this name at you. I'm going to throw out Manny Diaz, University of Miami defensive that,
2: coordinator. I don't want that name out there.
1: Well, it's got to be out there, Kelvin. I mean, hey, he came in, he did what he was supposed to do. I'm not so sure. I mean, it's not 100. Don't you know? Don't quote me on that.
2: But no, I know it's probably some people looking at. it, But I'm gonna say this about Manny's situation, and, and 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 actually about Charlie's situation too. If you're Manny Diaz, and it's not a Power Five school, it better be a school in the state of Florida because you're in a great situation. You pretty much can go back to Blake James and these raids, and what's Blake James gonna say? Uh, no. Yeah, he's gonna give you the raise if you stay there a couple of years. Mark may just decide he don't want to coach anymore, and hey, they may give you the job because you got you know family ties. Your dad being the mayor, um, you're doing a great job, and they know if they don't get you, somebody else will. And if you're Charlie Strong, you're in South Florida. You don't have to recruit hard. I mean, it's, the talent is right in your backyard. So if you're leaving South Florida, you better be leaving for something that's going to get you four or $5 million a year. And I, I could see him going – well, if I were him, I could see him leaving for Tennessee. And I'm going to tell you something Hurley. I've heard some rumors that Mississippi might be looking at him, but I don't know if I'm him if I take that job.
1: Okay, so let's go back to Manny Diaz. I'll let you have your say.
2: All right? Okay. Now,
1: and you are absolutely – 100% correct and the thought that Manny if you sit tight you stay put you might be the first ever Cuban head coach for the University of Miami Ooh. because of your ties with, with the city of Miami because of your ability to recruit South Florida and because of the turnover chain which was your genius that brought that up you got a shot, and like you said, because I mean, hey, Mark Brick has been coaching. This is his thirty-second year. How much longer can he and go? He
2: does, he does a lot of fil- 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 philanthropic work, and you you know, let's just say, let's just say we win an in Ashtabula this year. Let's say we come back and win another one next year. Mark has proven his point that he was a good coach, and now he can ride off into the sunset and do you know charity work uh mission work spend more time with his you know with his um, with his wife and his grandkids and you know maybe still be a part of the program because I'm pretty sure if Manny gets the job his son John will still be on staff but you know he'll have nothing to prove but
1: but you know what Cal- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this and I don't know how, I don't know qu- quite how old Manny Diaz is, but man, Mark Rick has found the fountain of youth. The best thing that happened to Mark Rick was the University of Georgia letting him go. I That's totally The best agree. thing that ever happened to him. Because now what? Mark is sitting there saying, hey, you know what? Man, I'm pretty good at what I do. I need to show the University of Georgia just what they're missing out on. So Mark, where Mark had gotten real passive, You know, he was content. He was complacent at the University of Georgia. Eight, nine wins a season every nine and then played for the SEC championship. That was good enough for Mark Rick and Athens, Georgia. But when Athens came yelling and saying, hey, wait a minute, man, that ain't enough. We need more than that at the University of Georgia. This is the University of Georgia. Eight, nine wins a season ain't enough. We need to win the SEC. We need to win not just the SEC East, but the SEC. So we want, we want something fresh. And they let Mark go. Mark goes to the University of Miami. Now he's got a chip on his shoulder. Wait a minute, hold on. I used to could do this. I have three quarterbacks under my tutelage that were Heisman contenders, and two of them won the Heisman Trophy. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the greatest ever award given to a college football said well, He had the number one pick in the draft, too. And, and, and his number one pick, actually, right now, is the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. At least, yeah. And Matthew Stafford. So Mark Richter's sitting there saying, hey, you know what? Wait a minute. I, I, I got something for y'all. Hold on. He gets down there, Kelvin. He found the fountain of youth. He's calling the plays now. He's coaching the quarterbacks. He's saying, hey, wait a minute. Well, I'm pretty good at this. Not a fight. I'm damn good at this. And and he's found his again. He's he's revived. And and it's working well, great for both the universe, now the University of Georgia is getting ready to play for the SEC championship. Now, they're they they've got only one loss on the season. So it's worked out for both for both universities. But that that that's a very rare case. Kelvin, now. I know it won't happen, Kelvin. But I'm sitting here and I'm wishing, I'm hoping, the University of Miami plays the University of Georgia in a bowl
2: game. I don't I, think that's going to happen, but that would be yeah. an interesting game, though. That would be really, interesting. man. That that would be, that would be phenomenal. I'll go to that, one, Kelvin. I'll yeah, go to that. Yeah. One. Well, you know what? I tell you this about the University of Georgia because I visited there out of high school. Um, you know, this Dooley still has his, his blueprint on that program. And even though he had been there a long time, 15 years, I don't think he was ever fully comfortable because, you got to think he came from FSU where even though Bobby Bowden was an established guy, it was a little bit looser environment because he was dealing with Florida people and, you know, they was like, you know, our little brother. So they had the similar type swag and a little different, same attitude. But then when you go to Georgia, because I remember like three years ago they beat Florida in the game in 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 in, in, a, in a in a little annual game and I remember that thing they was in all black that year. They had black jerseys, black black uh pants, and they beat Georgia and at the end of the game they was in the end zone jumping up and down and everybody was talking about how that never happens in Georgia. I'm pretty sure he got a call from somebody. <laughs> Like, the next day, like, hey, man, we don't do that here. I mean, Georgia is just a stuffy atmosphere. And, you know, when he gave over the play calling to Mike Bobo, I don't know if that's because he wanted to do it because Mike Bobo was a quarterback at Georgia. I mean, okay. you know, I'm just saying it's like now he goes to Miami, I think he can be himself all the way. I mean, he got a goatee now. He, he always smiling. Everybody that said they knew him at Georgia said he's a totally different guy now.
1: Yeah, I mean, even his players said he's having fun again. His former players are saying that Mark Rick is having fun again. But but Kevin, so my question is in the show today is about who is that guy? Who for is someone else? Coach? Who, who, who 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 is that for the University of Tennessee? And if you get rid of you got rid of McElwain, who is that for the University of Florida? I, I have my opinion. I got a pretty good I idea think, of who that is at the University I, of Florida. I think I, there's only one guy. Then when Scott Frost when Scott Frost leaves the University of Central Florida, who is that for the University of Central Florida? And better yet, Kevin, who is that for you University of of, of, well Central Los Angeles, UCLA? Well,
2: How, how
1: could you? I mean, what what Oregon State? Now my boy Corey Hall, candidate for the job at Oregon State. But now we're hearing rumors that Oregon State is looking at Chip Kelly. They're looking at Coach McIlwain. Oregon State, and the rumor is that they even offered the job or they have interest in Jedediah Fish. Oh, Jed yeah. Fish, was the offensive coordinator out there at UCLA, who was the offensive coordinator at the University of Miami, was offensive coordinator at the um with the Jaguars, and then just recently the Michigan. offensive coordinator at the University of Michigan. So,
2: who is that guy? Well, I think to be honest with you, if I was Chip Kelly, he fits UCLA best out of all these programs because, like we talked about earlier, he don't get that pressure. Florida, I think, to me, if I was picking a coach for Florida, it would either be Charlie Strong and Muller because both of them have been there when they won championships, and they understand the pressure. Um, I think the ultimate fit, because of what's going on now in college football, I think if they had to pick between the two, they would pick Dan Mullen over Charlie Strong because Dan Mullen is an offensive coach, and they feel like he could fix... And Actually, I think when you look at what they're trying to do, Dan Mullen actually makes more sense to them because... He represents the Urban Meyer era, the Urban Meyer offense. You bring in Dan Muller, you can keep Randy. And, you know, they got a coach that understands the pressure and um, ain't going back down from it. Now, his personality, I don't know how that's going to work with the kids, but, I mean, that's why you keep Randy and some of them assistants because that'll be his job, handle the kids. They just want him to handle the offense.
1: But
2: okay, so. Tennessee. I don't know. Who, I don't know who Tennessee's gonna get because I got a good friend of mine who was a Tennessee uh, graduate, and they delusional. Like, feel like when their job is open, that job is comparable to Notre Dame or Texas or Alabama. You know that. You know that should be. You know that should be the job that people are, are are striving to get. But Lane Kiffin showed you on the picking order. It, where Tennessee at? When he had a choice, he left Tennessee in, in the middle of the night to go to USC. So I don't know what they're gonna do.
1: I don't yeah, but but go there were. He left Tennessee because he's got ties with the University of Southern Cal. I mean, he grew up, you know, a Trojan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, he was out there when he was a little kid. He was at USC's campus all the time.
2: But if, if, Right now, you got Florida and Tennessee. Let's just say Tennessee says they want you Scott Frost, and Florida says they want you Scott Frost. It's not even close. It's like, yeah, Tennessee, all right, but I'm not going to pick Tennessee over Florida. you know. And, that's, and and see, the thing is, the Tennessee people think that their job is at the same level or better than a Florida or a U.S. See,
1: I, I make different with you there, Kelvin. I think the University of Tennessee is... I think that it's neck and neck. I think you're comparing apples to apples. It ain't apples to oranges. I think the resources that the University of Tennessee has, and with them being the the only show in town, you got the University of Tennessee, then you got the Tennessee Titans. That's it. Yeah, that is it. That's it. And when you start talking in terms, you know, in those terms, then they should feel like their job is the ultimate job in the state of Tennessee, because it is. Vanderbilt's not a a, a, a major SEC job. So, but when you're talking about Florida, hold on now. Wait a minute, boss. Florida, Florida State, Miami, and now you got to deal with Central Florida, South Florida, FIU, FAU. I mean, hey, but again, I'm going to give you my thought and then we're going to take a break. I think the only, and I think right now, What the University of Florida should be thinking is who's going to slow Mark Rick and the University of Miami down when it comes to recruiting. Because right now, the University of Miami can go to any house in the the country and get in and have meaningful conversation with any superstar player in the country. There's only one person. And when we come back, I'm going to hold you in suspense. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you who the get-down coach, to, in my opinion, the get-down coach that goes to the University of Florida, the, there's only one that can slow Mark Rick and those Miami Hurricanes down. Well, we're going to take a break. And when you come back, yeah, I want to know the get-down is going to reveal who that coach is. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hey, family, we're back. I'm sitting here with my old maroon dog, my co-host, Kelvin Harris. And we're talking about all of these schools that have fired their head coaches. We're trying to figure out who's the next best choice. And we brought up the University of Florida, University of Tennessee. Bush Jones gets let go from the University of Tennessee. Jim McElwain gets let go from the University of Florida after three years, after winning the SEC East twice. And then this is his only bad year, and he's ousted, Kevin. And he got nine players suspended. Nine yeah. players suspended. You know, and don't get me wrong, I mean, you, you can you can only do so much with these kids. I mean, these are grown kids, they they grown men. You can't be with them 24 hours a day. So, I mean, does he not did he not deserve any leeway? I, I think he did. But when we said, when we left, I told you the best possible scenario for the University of Florida at this point, at this day and age, is not Scott Frost not Chip Kelly, it's a young man who is again, and it's not Dan Mullen, but you said that Dan Mullen was a part of the Urban Meyer era so he's very familiar with the program when it actually how it turned around and how it was able to win under Urban Meyer but I'm going to give you one even better than that, that was with Urban Meyer who Urban Meyer leaned on heavily and who I think lost out on the opportunity but what they did they gave him an opportunity to go prove himself to the rest of the world he left florida went to louisville went out there and and, and developed louisville a basketball school kelvin into to yeah. a and to a dinner dinner table conversation about their football program as a matter of fact when I was coaching at the University of Miami, they didn't only beat us once, they beat us twice. And you're talking about yeah, one do. of the most prominent football programs in the country, in the University of Louisville, beat us twice, and they ended up producing the Heisman Trophy winner last year. Then he goes to the state of Texas. Ah, oh, Charlie, I don't know. Didn't like that that idea too much, but you did it anyway. You did I it. took the check. Yeah, he took the check. And it was a big old check. That is going to make $34 million over the next four or five years. But anyway, and it's, 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 not, it's never about the money, Kelvin. It is never about the money. Remember that. It is never about the money. But well, you take he distance, leaves the University of Texas. And he comes back to the University of South Florida. And he takes a winning program. And again, he shows everybody what he's capable of doing. He's capable of winning right away. And he's capable of recruiting. Now, the University of Florida, right now, if you are listening, and you are trying to figure out what it is that you need to do, the the get-down coach that you need to hire is Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong is gonna be able to go in there and sit down with those families and those kids. And when he leaves, those mamas, those daddies are gonna sit there and say, that's who I want my son to play for. I want my son to learn to be like that man right there. Because I'm gonna tell you like this here, when you, when you sit down and you, when Nick Saban comes into your house, when Urban Meyer comes into your house, and I'm gonna give you one even better than that, because I've been in the house with this guy. When Mark Rick walks into your house, you feel comfortable.
2: Mm.
1: You feel good. You feel like you've been knowing this man all your life and not only that Kelvin. he's a success he is a successful man and when nick saban comes into your house you when he leaves you sitting there saying i want nick saban to teach my young kid my 17 18 year old kid for the next four years to be the man that he is and that's what you're going to say with charlie strong because that's how you get the players
2: no, that would be a very interesting hire. I think it would uh, put them on the map. I think the problem that, that that the alumni and the boosters have is they're looking at Charlie Strong as a defensive coach, and they're they're worried about the offense. But what they're not paying attention to is Charlie has uh, gone out. Now, one thing that, that happened at Texas is he had Sean Watson as his offensive coordinator who did a great job with Teddy Bridgewater. But Sean Watson couldn't um make the adjustment to a simpler offense in Texas because they didn't have they didn't have the personnel to, to run the offense. And Charlie made a business decision and he let Sean Watson go Watson go, excuse me, and he brought in Sterling Gilbert, who is one of these new age offense coaches, and he's brought that guy with him to South Florida. So you know, if you hire Charlie Strong, you get a defensive mind as your head coach. But you got a guy who has a new age offensive mind as a part of his staff. So I think that would really help, you know, in fixing the offense. But I, you know, I know we, we got to be objective. I mean, I don't really know how much I really want to see Florida be successful anyway, way. But I know at some point they're going to find the coach. I just think that. Like you said, Jim McElwain took the team to two SEC East uh, championships, and then he loses nine players, um, something that he couldn't control. And I think they didn't forgive him for not – I think the, the Boosters and alumni felt like he was supposed to be an offensive guru, and he picked uh, the Felipe Franks quarterback as their quarterback um to be the next guy out of all those quarterbacks that were coming out last year. And I think they held him responsible that Felipe Franks hasn't been as good as he has been and that the quarterback situation has been um, a a revolving door. So, And then from what I'm understanding, I don't think he really fit in personality-wise with the people of Gainesville. And that's why it made it easy for them to get rid of him. Because if you look at it early, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're a coach now, you're saying to yourself, well, damn, I can't do too much better than he did his first two years, and then I have a halfway bad season, and they let me go? What kind of job security, and going back to your point, if you got a young family, what kind of job security do you feel like you have taking that job?
1: Exactly. And, and so everybody's sitting there talking about Scott Frost is going to University of Florida. Scott just had a baby. And, and, and Scott Scott's and a, a, a very smart and intelligent young man. Yeah. Now, if I'm Scott Frost, I just had a baby. I see what you just did to Jim McElwain. So I'm putting that on. Hold on, I'm sitting there when I'm when I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, hold on, baby. You know what? Let's let's put that on the back burner. Let's let's keep that thought in the back of our minds right there. Mm-hmm. Going to the University what? of Florida. I mean, you see what they just did to Jim McElwain. We just had a baby. You know, a little Frost. All right, so Lil' Frost has got to be making sure that he's taken care of. I don't want Lil' Frost having to worry about moving and all this other stuff. But, baby, guess what happens? If we go back to Nebraska, if I take this offense back to Nebraska. Our our
2: parents can babysit. Yes,
1: our parents can babysit. They can come to every game. They can bring Lil' Frost and you to every game. They can tailgate with Lil' Frost. He will grow up being... He or she, I don't know if it's a boy or girl, but he or she will grow up as a Cornhusker. It'll be embedded in, the, in, in their blood. And I'll be out here for the, as long as I want to be here. Because I think if I go, than- if, I, if, I, if, I, if I lose a couple of games here and there, I think they'll give me a pass because I am a Cornhusker.
2: Oh, for sure. Well, deeper than that, you play in a less challenging division, and less challenging conference. You're one of them. You won a national championship as the quarterback, and if you just show some progress year to year, you know you by by your third year you make make a mess around and get into the 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 the, the, the Big Ten championship game. You've bought yourself an extra two three years. I mean, look at uh, the Iowa coach
1: and, and the Godfather Tom Osborne is your guy. Mm-hmm. he's the he's one that's going to be hiring, hiring you. Exactly. So when, when things aren't going well, Tom Osborne is going to stand, stand up for your defense. But if things aren't yep. going well at the University of Florida, man, that's a lonely island out there by yourself, Scott.
2: And we love it. Yeah. And then what? deeper than that. Heard, you. If you're looking at the, the, the success that McElwain had in his first two years, you got to be honest with yourself. You don't know if you can do better than that. And if you don't do better than what he did, you know what's going to happen that third year. They're going to give you that comment. No doubt. And, and, and at the beginning of the show, Kelvin,
1: I asked that question. How has it that college sports, not just college sports, but the NFL, NBA, the MLB, how has it gotten to this point to where in three years, a coach can get fired? After three years, after two years of winning, and even and let's, let's go back with, with the University of Miami. We were eight and four, and our head coach gets fired. Mark Rick was eight and four, and gets fired. You know how many teams would love to be eight and four? And Come what's
2: on, crazy man. about his? What's crazy about the year he got fired is they had a revolving door quarterback due to injuries. They lost Nick Chubb early in the year, and he took uh, he took feces and turned it into uh, pumpkin pie. And they rewarded him with a pink slip. Yeah, and not only that, but look at Al Golden. Al Golden
1: gets the job in December. Eight months later, he's faced with the NCAA sanctions. He fights for four years. He fights his butt off for four years to get that program back to, to the, back to having the respect that it that it should have and he gets fired. He loses two games, and he gets fired. We lost to Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a tough game. Tough game. But, then he loses to the national champions, and he gets fired? Again, Kelvin, it's, I don't know what the world is coming to, what the world of sports, but it is so, people out there are so unrealistic. And money is the root to all evil. I wanted to get well, back to where coaches are 8, 9, 10 years into a program, you know, and, and, and have some stability. So there's some extreme consistency. And, Kelvin, it's not just college football either. We're talking no, it, about the it, NFL. But I tell you what, we're we going to get on. we got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about my Raiders. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, 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 boy, I'm getting a heart attack over here. It ain't too good. It ain't too pretty. Somebody please come and save me. But anyway, we got to take a break. While we're taking a break, I'm going to go in here and get under this uh, this life preserve and see if I can resurrect myself. But anyway, we to take a break, family. We'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason.
0: The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Okay, family, we're back. Back with my co-host and my room dog, old Kelvin Harris. And we're just sitting here and we're talking about this coaching carousel the killing season, coaches Mm. getting fired, and who are who are their replacements going to be? Again, there's a bunch of moving trucks that are firing up those engines. There's a bunch of real real estate estate. agents that are getting ready to make a lot of money. Oh yeah. And you know, unfortunately there's a bunch of young kids that have been snatched out of schools. But again, it comes with the territory. We all knew and understood that. When we took these jobs, it's part of the life. It's the life of a coach. But not only is this the killing season for college coaches, NFL coaches beware.
2: Oh. Beware. Ben McAdoo needs to be caught in his real estate making plans. Wow.
1: You know, and it's so sad. Somebody was talking about Eric Flowers last night. Eric Flowers is my guy. Eric hadn't Eric hadn't given up with one or two sacks the entire season. Eric has a line up against the the best pass rusher week in and week out, and he's only in his second year in the National Football
2: League. Well the Eric, biggest problem, Hurley, is he can't practice in pads. He can't get better. I mean, the league is doing him and every young offensive lineman disservice by not being able to practice in pads and you know I know everybody talks about the concussion thing but you are you know the chances of him getting a concussion in practice are slim and that's where you you get better I mean he gets beat on Sunday he should be able to have Wednesday and Thursday to let Olivier Vernon tear him a new butt and teach him some things so that he can go into the game on Sunday you know having seen these things but he practice, he doesn't practice full speed, and then you get out there against those defensive ends. He's playing against some monsters, too. <laughs> and he they can't help him get better. I mean, what what is he going to do? And, and
1: that's, that's the saddest part about it, Kelvin. And, again, I think that has a lot to do with all these injuries that we're seeing this well, year. Well, let I mean, me ask
2: you a question. Yeah. If you buy a Maserati and you're driving it 30 miles an hour, all week, all through the city, you cruising through Merritt Island, you going over to Melbourne, but you never go more than 30 miles an hour. Then Sunday morning, some dude comes up in a Lamborghini and challenges you to a race, and you get on the starting line, and you ain't never took this car for 50 miles an hour. Now you're trying to go 100 miles an hour in six seconds or less. You're going to blow the engine, and that's what's happening. It's just like in baseball. You, get, you see them guys stand out in right field for two hours, Nobody ever hits the ball to them. Then they hit a double down, the, down in, in the gap and try and turn it into a, 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 a triple, and they blow a hamstring because they haven't run in two hours. It, the body just don't work that way. You've got to be conditioned to take them hits. And, and I just don't think any of these guys are in true football shape like we used to be.
1: Exactly. And, again, I, I, I think, Kelvin, this is just my theory. And, and I'm not a doctor, all right? So, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, we, we, I'll I, I never forget. Growing up, they used to tell us, if you break a bone, that bone heals back stronger than what it was when you broke it, mm-hmm. all right? If you pull a hamstring or a tear a hamstring, or if you get injured, the body protects itself. So, the body, you know, it, it, when, it, when you heal, for whatever reason, and if I I could be wrong, but I do remember them telling us that that particular spot heals back stronger than what it was before yeah. it got injured. So when when we used to practice Kelvin, and I, I don't get me wrong, I got the CTE, I got the concussion thing, the whole nine yards, and we used to get you know, what stingers, we used to get our bells rung every day. Okay, now and just like you said but if that if if you're not getting tested, if you're not putting your body through, through that type of workout, then the body stays soft. and when yeah. you when and you finally do get hit, the body's gonna protect itself and it's gonna shut down and hey, look, boss just break an arm or you know pull a hamstring or you know a shoulder and things like that and and I'm gonna tell you. And it's all because of the practice habits. I sat and watched yep. the Miami Dolphins play the Oakland Raiders the other night. And Kelvin and the Oakland Raiders, that, you know, outside of the Dallas Cowboys, that's my team. I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan, but over the last few years, I fell in love with the Raiders. And, man, you're talking about I just love the Oakland Raiders. I love Raider Nation. So outside of the Dallas Cowboys, that's my team. Jethro Franklin, Ken Norton Jr., Rod Woodson, Jack Del Rio, Bernie Parmalee. Uh, what's my man Rod's name? My receiver's coach. Hmm. Ah, man, I'm looking right at him, too. But anyway, he's the one that's coaching Amari Cooper. But when I sat and I watched the Miami Dolphins play the Oakland Raiders the other night, it was an embarrassment. <laughs> the, the, I'm telling you, Kelvin. It, Watching the secondary play, I, I, I wanted to cry because that's my group. When I went and did the internship with them, I worked with the secondary. And I'm not talking about playing the ball down the field and stuff like that, Kelvin. What I'm talking about is their inability to not maybe not just inability, but the undesirable chances to go and attack people. Man, somebody yeah. catches the ball in front of him Kevin, they break it down five, four, five yards in front of him Waiting for that guy to make a move As opposed to running through the thigh Man, run through his thigh And if he has to make a move To make you miss Then, hey The, cal- the cavalry's coming, baby But you can't sit We're- back there And just stop right in front of this guy Three and four yards And say, hey, look, come to me It doesn't happen that way and, and and not only did I see it when they played against the Dolphins, but I'm watching them the other night play against the New England Patriots and I'm seeing the exact same thing. But Kevin, it all comes mm-hmm. down to it, and I remember when I was playing. If I wasn't banging during the week, I didn't want to bang on Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm. If I wasn't yeah, you I'm telling you them, and I they never don't did. have a you can't say they don't have a good teacher because Rod Woodson was a great cover guy and a hell of a tackler, too. Yeah, Rod Woodson and Ken North
1: Jr. Jeffrey Franklin. Yeah. They're all great teachers. Sal Sanceri. All of these guys are great teachers. But the NFL has put in these doggone, these policies and these restrictions, and it's killing the game. It's killing the game. It,
2: it's really sad to watch. those of so you that don't know, uh, NFL players only are allowed 14 padded practices a year. and A year. That's,
1: that's not, not, a not, year. not a month. A year. And so, and again, I Kevin, I hate to cut you short, but we got, that, that's our show for today. We got to get out of here. But, people, and I don't know what y'all can do. I don't know if you send a petition and, or, or whatever we can do, but, Tommy Tuberville said it three years ago. Football as it stands right now today is under attack. It's under attack. When you're talking about concussions, you're talking about CTE and all this other stuff. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with football in the years to come. And I'm not talking 10, 15, 20 years to come. I'm talking here within the next four or five years where football really goes. Right now you got four or five teams and the AFC East that are four and six. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show for today. Kelvin, thank you for joining us again. We'll be back yeah. here next week. Same get down channel, same get down time, and the same get down fellas, Hurley Brown and Kelvin Harris. Family, stay tuned for Rail of Sports Next. Yeah. Next week, when we come back, we're gonna talk the University of Miami and this turnover chain. We're gonna talk pregame, University of Miami and Clemson in the ACC championship. So, I want to get down with the get down. Y'all come on back next week and let's have some more fun. That's our show for today. Thank you.
0: See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the voice America sports channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.